Killing Hope by Ryan Dobbs. She's sleeping in my bed. It's still dark outside, but in about an hour, the sun's going to peek out from back there behind Taos Mountain. I'm trying not to wake her, but I gotta take a piss. It's chilly in the tiny house. Gets down below freezing here in Taos during the winter months. Mom said we had a good snow the other day. Still plenty on the ground. And yeah, I said tiny house. Like, tiny house on wheels? Like the ones you may have seen the shows about on HDTV or Netflix? Anyway, I don't usually make it through the night anymore without having to get up to piss. The joys of being 43, I guess. This age creep thing. Can't believe she's here. I'm going to put another little log in this little wood-burning stove. Sorry about the diminutive references. You know what? I take that back. Sorry, not sorry. It's a tiny house. Deal with it. Comes right in at 200 square feet. 26 from end to end with the sleeping area above the gooseneck there. Then this little couch slash living area with this little stove that does a good job heating the place. Then the galley kitchen there, followed by the bathroom at the end of the entry door back there too. Built it with dad about 10 years ago, same time we first found out about his cancer. Not great timing either. Like, there's ever good timing for cancer. God, I'd sound like an idiot. It's just that cancer was already so full of reminders from my family. But hey... Not a unique situation to us, I guess. Bought this land then, too. It's just behind the Millicent Rogers Museum and a stone throw from the old blinking light. Got a good deal on it. Not much, about half an acre, but it's mine. Plan to build on it someday. Maybe soon. She's actually here. But let me back up a bit. Eight months ago, I was back in California. We just finished up a big celebratory going away dinner for my best friend Gracie. It was her night. She'd landed a big role, a Broadway role, and was on an early flight out the next morning to begin rehearsals. Broadway, the theater really, had always been her first love. And even though she was having success in film and television, a Broadway role was still her idea of heaven. I met her when I first moved out there. Both of us were interested in acting and writing. It was a Meisner acting class. We were paired up for this repetition exercise. If you've never taken a Meisner acting class, I'd say you're missing out, but that's only if you enjoy being completely terrified. All I can say is his repetition exercise makes you feel more exposed and vulnerable than you've ever felt in your entire life. They take two students, sit them in front of the other, like practically knees touching, looking right at one another, making eye contact, exploring faces, and picking up on body language, cues, etc. The idea is to call out behavior you see in the other. Then the other person repeats what is said, and that repeating goes back and forth until something else happens, another behavior. Then that gets called out and repeated, and on and on. When you're a guy like me, sitting in front of a woman like Gracie, yeah, it's terrifying. I loved it. Aside from stunning and probably too young for me, all I knew was what she told the class. Grew up on the East Coast doing mostly theater, had just gotten a law degree, and was excited to give it a go in LA. Contrast that with me, I always felt like I was wandering. Always a little late to the game, never quite fitting in. But I was out there now too, finally chasing after, sounds silly to say my dreams, but yeah, I was out there chasing after something. You wiggled your nose. I wiggled my nose. You wiggled your nose. I wiggled my nose? You're smirking. 
I'm smirking? You're smirking. I'm smirking. Then, I don't know. Something changes? My behavior changes? She notices. You're feeling something for me. Jesus! I look to our teacher. Help? He just points me back to Gracie. I take a second before I attempt to repeat what she just said. My sister was bold like that. Then I notice a change in her. You're blushing. I'm blushing. You're blushing. I'm blushing. That was ten years ago. Now we'd said goodbye to her friends, and the two of us were left waiting on the sidewalk outside the restaurant for an Uber. And that's when I got one of those late-night phone calls you're never prepared for. It was my mom. I looked at Gracie. I don't move. Answer. Right. Hey, Mom? Everything's okay. Your father's okay. He... He lost his balance and fell. Okay. We're at the hospital. Um, preliminary x-rays came back. Son? Yeah? It's cancer. Uh, It's back, sweetie. They always said it could come back. He'd had a lot of years in remission, six to be exact, and we'd been through this before with my sis. Different type, same shit. Point is, experience doesn't make these moments easier. Nope. Just no way to get used to them. When I think about that call, I think about standing there on the sidewalk gripping the railing, my head spinning from the alcohol, the steak smoke in the air from the grill inside, the headlights and taillights going by, the streetlights and lights from the other restaurants and shops lining Ocean in Santa Monica, Uber idling there at the curb, breeze off the ocean. I look out there and hear the waves crashing. Huh. That's odd. I can see the stars. Orion's belt. Then I look back. There's Gracie. Right next to me. Concerned for me. One hand on my back and the other around my arm. She'd already been saying something. Hey. Huh? Car's waiting. Okay. This way. Come on. My phone, I... In your pocket. Oh, yeah. Here it is. She steadies me to the car and helps me in. As we start to drive away, she scoots next to me and takes my hand in hers, wraps her other arm around mine again, and leans her head on my shoulder. I cry. She's just there with me. Minutes pass. What'd she say? The cancer's back. They think it's spread to his brain. I told her I'd find a flight out in the morning. We ride in silence for a while like that. The silence is broken when she talks to our driver. Excuse me? Yes, ma'am. We're not going to the first address anymore. Gracie, it's okay. We don't have it's to go- It's fine. We'll get you home and find you a flight. Won't take long. Would you mind updating the route to just the second address? Sure, no problem. You have an early flight. You've got I'll to make get to it. me. I'm already packed. No, you're not. I am. She wasn't, but that's Gracie. It must have been around two when we got back to my little place above the garage. I was coming out of the shock a bit, but yep, I was still drunk. How does she seem sober? 
I remember brushing my teeth because of how she was sitting on the bathroom counter on her phone, scrolling and rattling off flight options. God, she has great legs. She was in a flowery beige spaghetti strap sundress. Those long, tan legs, one crossed over the other, and those feet in leather sandals with the thin straps that wrap up and above the ankle. Did I mention she has great feet, too? Too early. Completely booked. Here. Mid-morning, 9.45, out of LAX, arriving in Albuquerque at 12.05. Can you do that? I can't say anything because of the toothbrush in my mouth. Of course you can. And she taps away, booking my flight. She puts me to bed, and I can see her bending down in the light of the lampshade. She hands me a big glass of water and begins to twist off the lid to the little plastic bottle of ibuprofen. In the warm light that's great for reading, and great for her profile, I also see her elegant hands, arms, and shoulders. God, sometimes I wonder what's wrong with me. She's always been so good to me. That kid I met all those years ago. But she's not that kid any longer. And now she's leaving. Here, take these. And drink all of it. She's moved out of the light. Gracie? Yes? I worry for you. She's starting to go through my closet. You worry for me. Chris. (laughs) Don't worry for me. I'm a big girl. Now, just take those. Chris was her on-again, off-again boyfriend who lived in New York still. They'd met in law school. She never told me why, but I'd always gather that he was a part of the reason that she got the heck out of Dodge after graduation. She moves back into the light. She has a couple of my t-shirts over her shoulder and a pair of my jeans in her hand. I'm sitting up on my elbow holding the pills in the water. Come on, take them and get some sleep. She watches me, but not like she's waiting for me to take the pills. I can't put my finger on the look, the behavior. I do as she says, and I drink all the water. She takes the glass from me. Her eyes move away from mine. As she moves out of the light again, I want to tell her how much I'm going to miss her. But I'm tired and sad. And I close my eyes. Because of that big-ass glass of water, when the alarms go off, yes, multiple alarms, I don't have any trouble getting up. I had to piss so bad. She set my bedside clock, my phone, my computer, and the TV in the living area to turn on at 7. So I pop out of bed, and I'm so startled by all the racket that I turn off each and every alarm before doing anything else. Hmm. As I piss, I realize I'm not as hungover as I thought I'd be. After I shower, I come out of the bathroom and look around the place. Morning sunlight's pouring in the windows, and I remember she'd been there. I see on the kitchen table that she'd packed my travel bag. There was a note on the table, too. Sorry for all the alarms. I didn't want to chance it since I'll already be in the air when you need to be up. Your flight's at 9.45. I've emailed you the details. An Uber's coming for you at 7.45. Safe travels and my best to your dad. Love, Gracie. She was gone. I made it to Albuquerque right on schedule, picked up the rental car, and was in Taos by early afternoon. I was tired, but only had a slight headache by the time I reached town. I got to my parents' house and checked in on Dad for a bit with Mom at his side. She'd be hovering now. When Dad's sick, she's the doting type. Relationships are funny that way, I guess. The doctors said his situation was stable for the time being. The dizziness was caused by a tumor, though. He had some meds and would be monitored. Surgery the next week. 
but life for the family with the family-owned organic grocery store waits for no man's cancer. The building itself used to be grandma and granddad's house. The front half is the store, and the back half is where mom and dad live. It's an historic old timber-framed house with creaky wood floors in Old Town. The bohemian that grandma was, and the hippie that mom is, they had an idea for an organic grocery store before they were even a thing. It's quite a thriving little business. Most of the other houses in the neighborhood are adobes. Being the only white people in the neighborhood, my best friend growing up, Lucas, and his little brother, Martin, used to tease me and make me cry by calling us racists for living in one of the few European-style homes in the neighborhood. When my mom found out, she told me that the adobes were Spanish colonial and that we all had European grandparents going way back. So not to worry, she said. That made me feel better. I'm restocking the shelves of trail mix. Reminds me of when I was in the Peace Corps in Guatemala. For my project, I was with an NGO that dried and exported fruit. I really learned Spanish while I was there, too. Everyone around here was super impressed when I got back, and that made me feel especially good because Lucas and Martine only sort of speak it. Even though it's home, I've always felt like a stranger, a little bit like a foreigner, always just on the outside looking in. I've tried to leave it behind, and I have for the most part, yet here I am back restocking shelves. Funny how life works, even when it's tragic. When it hits you that that's just life. I mean, what does it really mean to be a success? To have a good life. I pay the rent and get to do the work I love. There's value in that. That's worth something, right? Three kids run into the store. The oldest in his soccer uniform. They greet mom behind the counter. Regulars. Mom shoots me and... Oh shit, look. She turns back to the customer she's checking out. The kids look harmless. Something's up, though. I keep unboxing and shelving the trail mix. The kids rush around and laugh like they own the place and explore in search of snacks and drinks. The oldest, 10 or so, stops and looks over the bags I'm stocking. Hi. Hi. See anything you like? What are the red things in that one? I tell him they're goji berries. He asks if they're candy or not. I tell him they're just dried berries and good for you with antioxidants. This pleases him. He says his mom doesn't like for him to have sweets before playing, that they're heading down to Albuquerque for his travel team soccer tournament. I ask him if he's allergic to nuts. He says no. I tell him that his mom should probably approve then. Krista and Lucas walk in. Why are they here? They moved away years ago. The oh shit look. Huh. These are their kids. I look to my mom. She won't make eye contact. She finishes up with a customer, says hi to Lucas, who's trailing behind, and then bolts into the back of the house to hide. Thanks, mom. I freeze up. Neither have seen me yet. So I turn and kneel and grab a couple of bags of trail mix from the box. Sure. Regroup. Like an ostrich with his head in the sand. Very grown up. Mom. I want these. Let me see. That voice. I haven't heard that voice in 20 years. And she's right behind me. They're not candy. They're goji berries. These look good. Now go find your drink. She takes the bag of trail mix from him, but she's still there. Thanks, mister. Mm Mm-hmm. And he runs off. Oh, shit. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? I feel like running. But I don't. I'm a grown-up. Grown-ups don't run. Breathe. Slow, controlled breathing. 
You ever have one of those moments when you question every life choice you ever made? Yeah, well, this was mine. Excuse me, are you able to make lattes? I stand and face her and say, I can make a heck of a latte. Wow, that came out really good, actually. She's dumbstruck. Hi. Hi. Lucas, who had been chasing after the two little ones, sees me as well. Struck, he comes over. Hey. Hey. Awkward hugs all around. Krista was my childhood sweetheart. Lucas was my best friend. I told her no and goodbye. He picked up the pieces. The summer before Lucas started law school, I was leaving for the Peace Corps. I heard they were on a break. Krista and I had broken up a few years before, after my first year of undergrad. For years, we had talked about getting married. We started going out in middle school and all the way through high school. Being away at college that first year, I realized I didn't want that. Even though I missed her like crazy, I just knew I wanted something different. When I came home that summer, I broke up with her. That was that. Anyway, she asked to see me before I left. So I flew out to Dallas where her parents were living at the time. Met her at an actual non-Starbucks coffee shop. Yes, when I was in college, Starbucks wasn't yet a thing. Lucas proposed. So you guys aren't broken up. Please don't. Don't what? Congratulations. Is that it? You could have told me this over the phone. That's right. Back in my day, we didn't have social media or even texting. She could have told me this shit over the phone. I just thought... It doesn't have to be like this. I don't know what you're talking about. The Peace Corps? What? It doesn't have to be this way for you. Don't. You think you have me figured out, but you don't. I want to do this. I need to do this. You're running. I'm not running. I was running. My sister had been a star athlete in high school and a Division I long-distance runner in college. Malignant melanoma. She'd recently been diagnosed. Didn't make it to graduation. Like I said, my family has been through the cancer thing before. I was running now from this sadness. This expectation out of the blue, or maybe not so out of the blue. I knew what she was doing. She was right to call me out. She knew me like no other, and I knew her too. I came because you asked me to. Yeah, you came. But why did you really come here, huh? What? I'm not going to play this game with you. I'm leaving. I can't. I... I won't do normal. You think I want normal? Yes. (laughs) Yes, I think you do. You've always talked about having a family and the house. You've always known what you want. So please don't go there. I just can't. But why does that have to be normal? Why can't that still be... I don't know. Unique. Are unique. Huh? I... What are you so afraid of? I'm not afraid. Liar. You're afraid. I said congratulations. Okay? What more do you want from me? I told him no. Why would you do that? I told him I had to think. Think about what, Krista? I... I can't give you that. Why not? Because I don't know. You're making things too hard. That's what I fucking do. Anyway, after Krista and Lucas leave the store, I head back to the back of the house. You knew and you didn't tell me? How would knowing have helped? Well, I wouldn't have tried to hide over a box of trail mix like an idiot, that's for sure. Okay, fine, I probably still would have. But they said they moved back six months ago? Lucas is a judge here? Public information. You should have known. I don't live here. You couldn't have mentioned it? 
Dad? No comment. You ended it with her years ago. Your path, your plan, your philosophy, remember? Mom and sis never got over my breaking up with Krista. I, I just wish you'd said something. Sorry, maybe I should have. The shelves are stocked. I'm heading over to my place to make sure the electrical and plumbing are good before dark. I'll come help you. No, you won't. You can't help him. I want to go with my son. You just had a fall. You're on new meds. No. I'm going with my son. Okay. I'll take care of him, Mom. I help him into the passenger side of my old truck that stays with them. Mom's standing back on the porch. He's to sit and watch. Okay. At the tiny house, we get him up the steps of the deck. He seems fine enough, but we know he's not. He sits in one of the deck chairs. I go in and open up the windows. There's just a couple of things to check, really. And he's pointing them out. From inside, I hear him. You just gotta throw the breakers on the bot, and then the water in the line. Easy peasy. We build this thing good. I come back out with a bottled water for him. And I'd grab the big water key from the little storage closet inside, too. We sure did, Dad. I step off the deck and go around back to the box. Flip the breaker, then walk over to the edge of the property at the dirt road where the water valve is. Take off the cover. Lower the end of the key into the hole. Quarter turn. Easy peasy. Now we see if there's any water still in those lines over the winter. Cross your fingers. It'll be fine. He's on his feet and in the house. Everything's pressuring up. He's listening for the rattling and slight popping sounds like balloons filling inside the walls. I'm trusting, but I quickly head in as well. No sounds of water spraying from anywhere. That's good. He's got the faucets running. I check underneath the sinks. All clear. Flip on the lights. The mini split going. Check the wood-burning stove. Still clean as when I left it. All good. We come back out. What did I tell you? We built this thing good, Dad. We sit, each taking a deck chair. Well, you've got electrical and plumbing. And you can tell her I sat. Sounds good. Gonna be a gorgeous evening. Always enjoy being back here. It's late afternoon. 70 degrees, if that. A slight breeze, but with that New Mexico sun, it's perfect. Fields of sagebrush all around. The sun peeking out from behind the slowly moving thunderheads. Monsoon season coming. The mountains behind us and the Rio Grande way off in front of us down in the gorge there. The expanse of it all. Don't stay any longer than you feel you need, son. Your mom and I will do just fine. I mean it. I really like being back here. She's a good woman, your mom. Yeah. Yeah, she is. Are you, um, happy, son? Sorry? I know I, uh, I know I haven't always um, been the, uh... Dad, it's all good. You don't have to say anything. I'm good. I'm glad to be here. Really. Bet it's going to be a great sunset. I know what he's doing. He doesn't have to. See, what happened was, mom and dad first met as PhD students, both with dreams of life in academia. Long story short, dad got on with the tenure track first, and let's just say there were indiscretions along the way. Mom wouldn't have it. She moved us back home and opened the store with Grandma. Me and Sis were little at the time, and there was no question with whom we were going. And Dad followed. Of course he did. His plans changed to sort of a life as a 
silent partner in both the relationship and the family business. He did get really good at woodworking over the years, though, spending most of his time in Grandpa's old workshop out back. I just don't want you to, uh, miss out, you know? You think I am? I don't think I am. I'm out there, you know? Doing the work. When there's work. I love it. I do. Really. I don't know if that's what, uh, if that's what... Take the tiny house. We built this thing together. That's what gave me the start out there. And put me on this path. Or whatever. Turns out, it's pretty expensive to park these things, especially in California. Lesson learned, and that's why I ended up parked back here. You don't take risks. I take risks? Damn it, that's not... uh, That's not what I mean. Are you picking a fight? Don't you want someone to enjoy having around? There. Said it. Krista. Krista might have been nice having around. Jesus, Dad. I wasn't opposed. I just don't... She wasn't the one. The one? Sure. I get it. No, I don't know why I said that. I don't even believe in the one. I've just never been... I don't know. I don't know, Dad. Okay. It's your life, son. I'm sure there's perks to a single life. Yeah, I'm sure there are. Quite a lot, huh? Is my dad thinking about boning a bunch of 24-year-old grad students? Just one thing to keep in mind. Okay. You think you're all set, right? Protecting yourself? You... You don't want to, um... Lose. You don't want to, uh... You, uh... You don't want to hurt anyone, either. I get that. There's a car coming. Jesus, am I crying? You know who that is? Looks like Krista's car. Hi. Hello again. She joins us on the deck. She's got a brown paper bag from Mom's store. Hi, Krista. Hi, Bob. How are you feeling? Much better seeing you. I'm glad. He stands and they hug. Yours must have been burning. Oh, yeah? Dad! Right. Well, electrical and plumbing are good, son. I should probably be getting back anyway. Now, where did I put those keys? Right. Good one, Dad. Mom would have both our heads if you showed up alone. Uh, make yourself at home? I'll be right back? He hugs Krista goodbye. One for the road. When I get back, Krista's seated at the little leather couch there. There's cheese and crackers and fruit on the counter. A bottle of wine is open. Wow, quite the little spread. She has a glass in her hand, an empty glass next to the wine bottle for me. Studying her, I lean against the counter and pour myself one. I bring food and drink. I take a sip. I see that. Bit on the nose, don't you think? Oh, God. Oh, God, I should go. Oh, God, she's panicking. I am such a dick. She jumps up, almost spills her glass, setting it on the counter, and starts around me for the door. I grab her wrist. She stops. She's so close. Right in front of me. I feel her pulse in my hand. Her heart is racing. I thought you were going to Albuquerque. She won't look up. She's... What's that? Behavior? Embarrassed? Ashamed? I can't tell. 
I told Lucas I wasn't feeling well. What are you doing here, Krista? I let go. She turns her body to face mine. She lifts her eyes up. Is it really you? When you walked through that door and I heard your voice... I, uh... All these years, I've... Um... This place is really cute. My kids are super into tiny houses. They watch all the shows. They watch all the shows. She's looked away again. No, she's not embarrassed or ashamed. She's vulnerable. It's all coming back to me. Her smell, the warmth from her body I feel radiating. That body, that familiar body. We're older, but still the same somehow. I can feel her breath on my chest, her hairline, that brunette I grew up with, this person I remember so well another lifetime ago has some gray roots now. That makes me smile. I breathe her in and out. I feel my breath off her forehead. We're that close. My heart is beating out of my chest. I wonder if she can feel it, if she can hear it. A hip. I touch her jeans, her hips now against mine. The sun has just set. She looks up into my eyes. There she is. Older now, like me, still very beautiful. She looks at me with those knowing eyes. A kiss. One leads to another, and on and on, as dusk becomes night. Call it what you want, but afterwards we drank and ate and reminisced like long-lost friends. We talked of old times, family, and when we were kids. My sister, regrets. I told her I was sorry for the way I was then, that I wished I could have been the one for her, that I'm still not the one for anybody. We talked about Lucas, how he'd made his way through the court circuit in Texas, how he'd had a bout of cancer himself, and how he'd cheated on her with a resident oncologist. At that, I try not to laugh. What's so funny? Nothing. Come on, wise guy. Well... What? Say it. It's just... What? It's just like your dad with one of his grad students? Just saying sounds pretty unique to me. (laughs) Asshole. She takes an affectionate swat at me. It is unique. It is. I know. I'm just... It is. Go on. Sorry. It could have been... I know. I was teasing. Couldn't help it. With us, it might have been... I know. Please, go on. I'm listening. She continues. We talk about how Lucas has always been driven, how he goes for what he wants and gets it, how she loves him, but... And that's why they moved back home. She missed her family, her parents had retired back here, and if he was going to fuck around, she was leaving. Heading home. He could come or not. He came, because he loves her too. Just like my dad did. And I only barely smirk this time. She catches it, of course. Smirks back and rolls her eyes. We talked about how marriage isn't easy. How kids are wonderful and terrible, but mostly wonderful. And then of the roads not taken. The unanswered questions, unfinished business, moving beyond regrets, feeling hopeful again. A new feeling, still unprocessed. 
So there's no one in your life? Um, no. Well... So there is someone. A friend. A friend. A good friend. A good friend. I'm a hack, and she's too good for me. What? You know who Gracie Peters is? Sure, she's... Oh. See? No, I wasn't going to say... It's okay. Wow. She's amazing. Isn't she starring on Broadway or something? Yes. Uh, She just got out there today, actually. Anyway, we moved out to LA at the same time. And I went on to tell her the story of me and Gracie from start to finish. And how I'd probably messed it all up. How I was processing it all differently now. Starting to kick myself even. We said goodbye later that night. She gave me a little more ribbing about Gracie. I asked her if Lucas was going to kill us. She said not her, of course, and only because it wouldn't be good for his career as he'd be running for public office soon would I be spared. It was meant as a joke, one that you have to make yourself laugh at. As she walked down the steps to her car and out of the porch light, I wanted to ask if she was going to tell him, but I didn't. The next day, Lucas gets back to Taos with the kids. He and Krista have a fight you might expect. I know this because he told me. I'll get back to that in a minute. After that's when I see a big SUV kicking up dust on the way here. Shit. Here we go. I walk out onto the porch. I don't say anything. He gets out and calmly, and still with the same athleticism he's always had, swiftly bounds the steps and is in my face before I can do anything. Wham! He catches me just below the eye, and I go down. Hard. That's because I damn sure can't hit her. There was only one time I ever took him on. It was when we were kids, and it was just for play. We were all in middle school, and we'd gotten out his little brother Martin's hockey gear, helmets and gloves. We started goofing around and boxing. Lucas and I went first. I thought I'd be slick, bobbing and weaving. He just waited. One punch. My head goes back. I see the ceiling, and then blackness and sparklies start creeping in, and I feel my knees buckle. Next thing I remember, I open my eyes, and those two clowns are staring down at me, laughing. I was only out a few seconds. He'd always be stronger than us from then on. Played quarterback and pitched in high school. Went to UT on a baseball scholarship. Hell of an all-around athlete. Stayed there for law school. Judge Lucas Onyate. That was the first and last time I ever took on Lucas. Physically, of course. So, I'm on my ass, hit the edge of the deck chair on the way down. Get your ass up. I struggle to my feet. He grabs my arm, so I flinch. I'm not gonna hit you again. Damn. He's looking at my eye, but ribbed is what I'm feeling more at the moment. No, wait. It's the eye. Don't want to kill you. Thanks. He helps stand me up, pats me hard on the shoulder, I'd say in a brotherly teammate sort of way, but hard, and knocks me off balance. Maybe that's because I'm a little wobbly at this point anyway, or maybe he just patted me a little too fucking hard. Let's get a drink. Figured I owed him that much, plus we hadn't spoken in 20 years. Never had a falling out, we just stopped talking, for obvious reasons. 20 minutes later, he and I are sitting next to one another at the bar of the Taos Inn, sipping a really nice whiskey. Seem odd? Surreal to me. These last few days, Jesus. Lucas and Martine. Their family built this place. We grew up coming here. 
Underage drinking, dating the waitresses. Well, they did anyway. I had Krista. Now it's Martine's. He's the one behind the bar tonight. Damn, you really messed him up good. Is it that bad? Um, here, just put this on it. He eyes Lucas like, what the fuck, man? And hands me an improvised ice pack he's just made. Should I be more concerned about my eye? Thanks. Oh, that's cold. You'll be alright, just keep that on it. Another drink? Yes. Yes. Alright, but you guys make me nervous just sitting there not saying a word to each other. You don't feel like a piece of shit? Why? You punch like a girl. That's not what I meant either. Don't make me throw your asses out, I'm the one who pays insurance on this place now. Feeling better? Not really. No. I don't feel bad about it. She doesn't either. What did she say? Nothing. She didn't have to. I'm not trying to steal your wife. You couldn't if you wanted to. I know. I could have, though, before, but maybe that's been put to rest? Does he feel that, too? You couldn't. I know, okay? Jesus. Guys, knock it off. I never thought she'd get back at me like that. With you. She promised. We sit with that for a moment. He sips his whiskey. Martine, still keeping an eye and an ear on us, preps a few tumblers for some people down the way. Whiskey drinkers tonight. I'm left considering Lucas and Krista, mom and dad. How do you do it, man? Do what? I don't know. How do you just go with it? All of it. Her, the kids, the life you have. You're a fucking judge, for Christ's sake. She said you were going to run for office. She told you that? Well... Only in the context of my life being safe, since you'll have your reputation. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear that you guys are making jokes about what you did. I'll be damned if I haven't always been her second choice. He takes another sip. Martine's back with us, doing his bartender thing, wiping up the counter. So, how do you do it? How do you choose? (laughs) You just say yes, man. I pull out $40 from my wallet. No charge. I got your drinks. They both watch me. Pitying me. I put the cash on the bar. I turn and go. As I leave, I hear Lucas clink his glass down and tell Martine, You know, I think I do feel better. I'll have another. And I walk home. Ice pack on my eye, in the cold, crisp New Mexico mountain air, stars shining brightly above, alone. I hear Lucas say it. You just say yes. I guess I only know what that means in theory. Huh. Orion's belt. Shh. She's just waking up. Oh, real quick. If you're wondering if I ever took that piss, um, yeah. Sort of did it. Well, I did it sitting down. Mainly so you wouldn't hear. And so I wouldn't wake her, you know? And, um, if you weren't wondering, uh... Sorry to bring that back up. So yeah, I did take care of that. Anyway, if I haven't ruined it for you now, this is where we began and what all the buildup has been about. Morning, Gracie. Hmm. She moves around a bit, settles in, and smiles, the morning sun warming her cheeks. She just finished up the run in New York. She was amazing. 
I got to see it three times. Final show a couple nights ago. We flew in yesterday. Quick stop at Trader Joe's in Santa Fe for supplies and made it back to Taos in time for her to have her first New Mexico red and green chili combination plate and a couple of margaritas from Orlando's. And here we are. I kiss her gently. Hmm. Morning. You've brushed your teeth. No fair. Can I make you some coffee? A latte, perhaps? She sits up, wrapped in my sheets and comforter, and dangling her bare feet at the edge of the bed and just above the leather cushions of the little couch below. Just a beautiful sight. A latte, perhaps? You teasing me for the oversized espresso machine in my tiny house? (laughs) You love your... You love your lattes. I'm pouring grounds into the portafilter basket. She's checking me out, isn't she? Sure. I'll take a latte. This place is adorable. She looks to the stove and wiggles her toes at it, warming them. So cozy. I tamp the coffee grounds. You saw it last night. Very funny. In the light of day, then. I place the basket into the portafilter and tighten them into the espresso machine. She looks out the window next to the bed where she sits. Oh, wow. The view is amazing. The fields of sagebrush are lit with the morning sun, and off in the distance, she's seeing Taos Mountain for the first time. You found such a beautiful spot. I fill up the little glass carafe with water, pour it into the top of the machine, and turn it on. Thanks. I open the under-counter refrigerator and begin pulling out whole milk, then the fruit, blueberries and strawberries. I arrange them on the counter. My back to her. I'd like to maybe build on it someday? Sooner. Rather than later. She steps down from the sleeping area and crosses. She kisses me on the neck and leans her body up against mine. I know. You may have mentioned it a time or two in the past. And then again, last night at Orlando's. I feel for her behind my back. Did I really? Last night? Mm Mm-hmm. Either those were really good margaritas, or I am just getting old. Or both. Hey, now. (laughs) Sooner rather than later is what you said. Hadn't heard you say it that way before. I turned to try to catch her. No, I have to brush my teeth. She scoots off the counter and bounces towards the bathroom. But I quickly get there first. Oh, hang on. Let me just... Sorry. Didn't want to wake... There you go. All yours. Still just once a night, right, old boy? Yeah, just like a 6 a.m. thing. And we had the margaritas. (laughs) Okay. And she slides the pocket door closed behind her. You were nostalgic and sweet. What? When? Last night. I like the way it sounded. I open the fridge again and pull out a little bag of Trader Joe's crumpets. Some organic butter, too. So, this isn't a New Mexico tradition or anything? But you'll finally get the crumpets I always tell you about. And fruit. Uh, Breakfast thing I do. The crumpets, yes. I place four of them. No, maybe three. No, four is good. Into the little mini toaster oven on the upper shelf. And set the timer. I still can't believe you've never had crumpets. She pops her head out. There's a spongy looking English muffin you got, right? Sorry? She bounces over in her bare feet and springs herself up under the counter next to the kitchen sink. The fungi-looking English muffins? I'm sorry, what? She leans over the sink and spits. How is even that cute? The spongy-looking English English muffins. Yes. She kisses me. 
You brushed your teeth. Yes. But I remember I was doing something. She comes in for another kiss. Oh shit, the espresso. She laughs at me and takes her toothbrush back to the bathroom. I quickly grab the stainless steel frothing pitcher from on top of the espresso machine. I fill it up with milk and steam it with just enough time before the machine runs out of steam. She comes back. Nice save. Let me help. Nope. I've got it. She hops back onto the counter, crosses one leg over the other. Oh man. A woman in my old t-shirt. Clichés are clichés for a reason. How I love them. You just sit there and enjoy. Okay, fine. Now, where was I? Oh yeah. I get two coffee mugs from the cabinet, pour the espresso, then the steamed milk. I'm making a pretty decent effort at latte art. Here you are. How lovely. Thank you. Mm, smells great. She takes a sip. Ooh, that's just right. I take a sip. I do make a good latte. Then I begin rinsing the fruit in their little plastic containers and shake them out. I grab a paper towel and two plates from the cabinet. In one plate, I place the paper towel and pour enough blueberries and strawberries for both of us and let the paper towel dry them. I grab a banana from a bunch on the counter and with a knife from the knife block, begin slicing it on the dry plate. Going back to the other, I slice off the leafy tops of the strawberries and then split them in half. I like this kind of OCD. <laughs> I remove the paper towel from below the fruit and toss it into the trash under the sink. Then separate the fruit evenly, more or less, among the two plates. Ooh, you're good. Perks of OCD. I pull the crumpets from the little oven one at a time and start to butter them, presenting them to Gracie. These are crumpets. Like a spongy little English muffin. Like a spongy little English muffin. With the butter melting into the little pancake-like holes of the crumpet, I offer her a bite. Ooh, that's really good. Not spongy like you'd think. Kind of crispy outside. Yum, soft and bready inside. And that butter... Okay, I kind of get your weird little obsession. These things are legit. I know, right? I take a bite. I don't know what I'd do if they ever stopped making them. I reach out for a bag of pecans from a basket on the counter and pour a handful for each plate. So we have pecans, blueberries, strawberries, a banana, and crumpets. And the latte, of course. Anyway, that's my little breakfast routine thing. What do you think? I think I've missed you. Come here. She pulls me in for a kiss. Oh, and maple syrup. <laughs> what? Not all the time, but that's why I grabbed this yesterday, too. I reach around her into the cabinet, pull out a little bottle of pure Vermont maple syrup. I open it and drizzle just the right amount on our crumpets. For flavor, I give her a bite. A little maple syrup. So good, yeah? Sure. Now come here. She pulls me in close. Well, hi. Hi. Then that kiss she wanted. Hey, so I've been kind of afraid to ask. What? Well, now that you're done in New York, what's next? Oh, I have a couple. A few options, maybe. Yeah? Any of them pressing? Maybe one. Did I say I was in love with my best friend? Well, I am. So, you're not in a rush to get out of here, then? Nope. Good. Because I don't want to do this without you. This? This life thing. And I don't want to be without you. Ever. Ever? Ever. 
Is that what I think it means? Yes. And then we kiss. Thank you for listening to The Cat Lab Presents. We are a production of the Cole Avenue Theater, The Cat, which is part of the Central New Mexico Community College Theater and Dance Department in Albuquerque, New Mexico. We will be unveiling brand new works throughout the season, as well as a couple of cool podcasts. We hope you will join us here. Or if you want to learn more about the Cat Lab or CNM, check out cnm.edu backslash cat.